0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Are you ready to live your life by your rules? Need some inspiration? Welcome to First Class Life, Redefining Success. The podcast that brings you interviews with people who have had their life path challenged and have redefined what success in a first class life really means to them. With tales of roads taken, detours explored, turning points, and transformation, here is your host, First Class Life mentor, Kate Fessler. Welcome to First Class Life, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and this week my guest is Kelly Phillips. Kelly is a speaker, author, and coach committed to training and mentoring individuals to going beyond just using 10% of their potential. She helps individuals transform their limits, releasing the latent energy, guidance, and healing from within their own souls. Living in the foothills of Colorado with her husband and a cranky old Abyssinian cat, she enjoys the regular visits from her friendly neighbors of bobcats, deer, elk, turkeys, and the occasional cinnamon bears. An aspiring foodie, she's blessed to savor the Cajun cooking and grilling of her talented husband. Kelly earned her baccalaureate degree in biochemistry with minors in chemistry, anatomy, and physiology, thinking she'd pursue a career in medicine. However, she was guided to research how to apply her training from the hard scientists to proving the science behind... Esoteric alternative therapies commonly found in cultures of the East. Her thesis featured an analysis of the EEGs of a famous Croatian spiritual healer and a patient during a prayer session. A member of the first graduating class of Holos University Graduate Seminary in 2000, she earned a combined master's degree in energy medicine and the science of intuition. From this educational foundation, she's been a leading researcher of where the mind, the spirit, and mystical Judeo-Christian principles intersect, and how to apply those principles to create accelerated transformations. Mm-hmm. After several decades of working in biotechnology, medical device training, and higher education, she opened her own practice in 2002. Since then, Kelly has helped hundreds of people tap into the potentials within their own minds, work directly with their higher selves, and experience the miracles of conscious evolution. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks, Kate. Let's go back to the early years. What did you think you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: (laughs) You know, I I didn't really know as a a kid, but um, uh, my father was a veterinarian, and my mom was kind of chronically ill. And so I was always like, you know, why can't she get better? And so I think then having a natural proclivity for the sciences Uh, That was kind of my curiosity. But probably around the age of 15, uh, you know, I heard that we only use 10% of our brain. And I thought, well, maybe if we we use more of our brain, you know, we could we could do more with ourselves or our bodies. And, and then at the same time, you know, my theological bent, you know, the whole idea that we can, we can work miracles in our lives. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe if we learned how to use the brain, you know, we could, we could work miracles and heal ourselves. And so that was sort of just a question that I had in my head and sort of drove me uh, with the hard science background, kind of pre-med. But um, with medicine, um, everybody's focused on the disease, you know, studying disease rather than studying health. Of course, now we see a lot more health uh, focus than just disease. So that's how it all started. (laughs)
0: You studied a lot of science, but you say you were guided to research how to apply this training in a different way. Explain what you mean by guided. Um, in fact, I was uh, was studying. Um, I, I remember
1: studying the diseases of the heart, and I, I literally kind of heard this voice like, "What are you doing?" of <laughs> like, "I'm studying. What are you doing?" Uh, I'm learning about the heart. I want to, you know, be a doctor and what are you doing? Well, I'm learning the diseases of the heart. Well, do you want to know disease or do you want to know health? And just, just right then it's like a different focus. You know, you either what you, you know, what you focus on grows, right? So the more you study disease, you know, you, you learn more about disease and focus on disease. And that's what you see, whether it's you study on, on health you learn where health is. And so that kind of threw me in a tailspin and that's why I work in all those other industries because I would, I just wanted to research more on my own without necessarily committing to
0: anything yet. So that's, that was really a pivotal day.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Very different things, health and disease. And yeah. I, you know, <laughs> we often say that the health healthcare is really disease care. Um, and that's an interesting distinction. So, Tell me about your your thesis. You, what did the EEGs of a famous Croatian spiritual healer and a patient during a prayer session have in common? Actually, they had nothing in common. And that's the thing is my, I thought that
1: uh, spiritual healing worked by um, someone putting their brain into certain patterns and to kind of guide, almost like if you're. You know, somebody's learning to ride a bike and you're kind of running alongside them, just showing them, you know, balance. I, I thought that the spiritual healer would kind of model his brain waves of health and that the patient would, would mirror that. But that's not at all what happened. What happened for the healer is that these areas of the brain uh, are what they would say um, – uh, Paranormal or, or psychic activity is right around the temporal lobes. And this part of his brain went into um, really high frequencies. So if somebody's really agitated, they're like a beta, he went even higher than that. So there was this projection going on. But in the front of the brain, here where you have intention, he went into a coma.
0: He
1: was completely awake. but, Literally, he put this part of his having any kind of intention of himself was completely shut down. And um, that was just shocking that he could hold like be in a coma in this part of his brain and then be highly active here. The patient, meanwhile, right here at the crown of the head and kind of straight through was in alpha. And alpha is that when you wake up and you're sort of still kind of awake, but still sort of you can tune into your dreams and you're really relaxed, and warm, that's the alpha rhythm. And that is when a lot of uh, healing energy is, is your body's in your spiritual aspect in your body are in this harmony of healing. And so uh, animals are almost always in alpha state, um, you see kids, little kids are often, you know, in that alpha state because their bodies are very regenerative. So that's why meditation is so powerful to help with healing because it, it it slows the brain down and helps that alpha rhythm. So that was quite a surprise to see that she went into healing rhythm and he was in, you know, full projection
0: mode. Hmm. Interesting. So what was the conclusion of your thesis? What, what was the the... Well, I
1: disproved my, my, my hypothesis, which was I thought that they would go into you know an equal harmonic, um, but rather uh, what I had known about alpha from uh, the Silva method it was an early meditative um, method developed in the, I don't know, 40s, 50s, 60s, I think. Um, was that training the brain to operate in alpha helped with intuition, helped with all sorts of um, problem solving for people. So I was familiar with alpha, but I, I didn't realize that um, working with a spiritual healer would actually enhance uh, the alpha rhythm in another person.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what yeah. are mystical Judeo-Christian principles? That sounds a little like an oxymoron.
1: yeah Yeah. so uh mystical means that um there oftentimes there's principles that we apply in the world and then there's principles that are more um like we have we have a language around them but you have to kind of work with them to allow your soul to reveal the true meaning of them. And so my research has always been into um, early, early Christianity, Gnosticism, um, the, all of the books of the Bible that never got published, Uh, Nag Hammadi library. Have you ever heard of that? Any of those texts that they were discovering in Egypt? um, My early studies were reading all about that, that didn't get, published in the Bible per se. (laughs) And um, then I went on and on discovering that there was a mystical side of uh, Judaism that wasn't commonly taught. And it actually dovetailed with a lot of the principles of Christianity, because I believe that the people's souls operate by certain rules and certain laws, because there has to be commonality among us. And so that was one of my key things was to find those principles that were common, that actually enhanced and helped everyone. So it needs to be a win for you and your spirit and also needs to be a win for, for everyone. And so the the core principles really um, come down of uh, the commonality is really the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments aren't necessarily about um, action. They're more about a relationship between yourself and your own soul with your own soul and the creator. And when you get that relationship, right, you're right with yourself. And when you're right with yourself, it's really easy to be right with the world. And so that's the the common thread that I weave through all my teachings because I've discovered that um, having uh, health, having high energy is actually a, a state of integrity. And it means an integrity of, a harmony with your spiritual self, and I do this just to indicate, like a higher consciousness, your spiritual self, and then your mind, and then your body naturally reflects. So it's it's bringing all those three into alignment, and it actually um, improves the healing energies in your body. It improves the healing energies in your mind, and it really is. It's it's like um, these these principles bring about a moral integrity. And it's not about being judging anybody's else's activities. It's about amplifying that essential goodness that's within each of us.
0: Mm. You help people work directly with their quote, higher selves. What is Mm -hmm. someone's higher self and does everyone have one? Is it like a guardian angel? (laughs) Good question. Uh, Your higher self is uh,
1: the part of you that is the spiritual aspect, if you will. So your soul is even greater than your higher self. So your higher self is literally the part of your soul that's actually in and around your body at all times. And it's it's desiring for you to grow and to not limit yourself and to experience life fully. And the goal of the higher self is for your Uh, ego (laughs) to allow it to shine through and um, to feel safe to do so. So your higher self is constantly trying to guide you, provide protection for you, provide healing energy, um, inspire you. Uh, What else does it do? (laughs) Um, Help you with attracting things that are really uh, good for you and a win-win. And um, it's always just tremendously kind, loving, authentic, but um, if we have a uh a, a background of fearing um judgment or of fearing authority or a lot of people think that that you know the creator is judgmental or abusive then we can reject our own higher self cuz we think we're going to get you know scolded mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I try to help people to get over those those experiences or those beliefs or those deep unconscious beliefs uh, to know that their their soul loves them, their higher self loves them, and that allowing your higher self really to be in your body all the time and, and working with you and for you is a really good thing.
0: Hmm. Well, having grown up in Catholic school, I can tell you that... God is very judgmental, (laughs) and there's a lot of scolding going on. So yes, that's something that I've had to get over myself. So I've been reading some books by Napoleon Hill, including one that you actually mentioned to me, Outwitting the Devil, and he talks about the, quote, other self. Realizing he's not here to explain what he means, do you think he was referring to the same thing you call the higher self? Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, that uh, we have a, um, he was kind of re- expressing that there was this duality within ourselves and that we would have a certain uh, capacity, if I remember right, you might have to correct me, if I remember right, he was talking about we have a certain capacity for achievement. And then if we really want to go beyond, we need to awaken the other self. Is that how it, I, I, believe that uh,
0: was, you know, I believe that was, I believe that was it. Really yeah. characterized, date.
1: Yes. And so um, a lot of our um, consciousness is our subconscious mind and our subconscious mind has a, has a tremendous amount of wisdom as well as ancestral memory that they're now understanding is being carried in the non-coding DNA. <clears throat> and so this consciousness is all about survival and um, really monitoring the world. How are other people doing it? I'll copy that and, and be successful at that. But when we get to a level where we don't have any history, especially there's no one in your history or ancestry that's ever had this level of success, then you have to go beyond. It's like leaping off into a zone of consciousness that you've never known before. And that's where Napoleon Hill says, you know, if you're, I think, um, was it Andrew Carnegie says, if you're lucky you'll get to know the other self at some point, right? And so um, you, we almost have to push our lives beyond what has been known to us or what has been known to our ancestors or, or what has been known to uh, the people around us in order to kind of awaken that the higher self will then step in and say, here we go, you know, I've got your back. And, and you're, you're literally moving in in, an, in a, uh, a zone of pure creativity
0: because it hasn't
1: been done before. So yeah, that was be the goal for all of us is to really know our, um, our higher self and to have that privilege of, of true, you know, creative expression that we've never seen before.
0: What is a miracle of conscious evolution? Give me some examples. Oh boy, that got me there. A
1: miracle of conscious evolution. Well, um, To consciously evolve is to understand that you have um, three minds working within your field and, and, uh, the conscious mind is your everyday, um, personality. If you want uh, your subconscious mind is that uh, survival mechanism, your, your history, and it's always trying to keep you safe, always trying to replicate what your mom and dad did. It kind of wants to keep you sort of in this safe box. And then your higher self, your higher mind is this part of pure creativity and, and beyond. And as you learn about these three aspects of yourself and you start to learn how they work together, then what you can do is actually consciously ask your higher self for help you can actually, you're, you can actually download programs I know that sounds kind of strange but technically that's the beauty of technology now is that it illustrates what how the human mind works is that the higher self can give you actually direct energy intelligence which means the capacity to do something as well as the know-how at the same time and kind of download that into your field until you know what to do. And um, to, to evolve consciously is to understand that process and to actively act, ask and act on what you have been given. And when you do that, uh, you transform who you're being. You transform what you think is possible for yourself.
0: Is that a good explanation? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how do you help people tap into the potentials within their own minds and connect with their higher self?
1: Um, I do teach teleclasses and uh, have online training uh, programs where I teach them about the three levels of the mind and how they relate to one another. And then it's a matter of building self-trust because we don't trust ourselves and, and we think that, You know, we've been told a lot that we're all bad inside. You don't want to go in there; it's it's going to be a scary thing. And really, there's only goodness in there. And if there's anything that you don't like, it's probably somebody who was yelling at you you in early Christian or Catholic school or something. But that's not really the truth of who you are. And so you start to learn the languages of the higher self, the languages of your conscious mind, the, the languages of your subconscious mind. And then uh, there's certain ways uh, of how we work with them. And then as they start to come into this harmonic and to this congruence, uh, you can kind of self-diagnose where you're at with something where you're sub, I can tell my subconscious mind is not on board with this, you know, and so you, then you can work with that subconscious mind either through um, Sometimes journaling will do it, uh, sometimes talking to it, uh, sometimes doing uh, visual meditations uh, does it. Um, and other times we do more of a, a sentient-based uh, meditation because uh, the subconscious mind runs the body and so the body has um, certain feelings or expressions or emotions. And so we, as we have this dialogue, literally people can feel their body talking back to them. And so you just keep, working until you get agreement. When you get agreement, it's like a handshake, and then all of your systems are, are focused in the same direction. And um, so I have people who have, you know, work issues or relationship issues or health issues, and we just get the system all going in the same direction and, and then the issues fall away. Or you feel like you have the resources so that you can address the issues.
0: That's an important thing too. hmm How does the higher self show up in our life? How can we recognize it? Oh,
1: well, I uh, first heard that you could pray and ask for your higher self to uh, teach you. And I learned that, I don't even know what book it was. I was 18 at the time. And I thought that would sound like a really cool thing. (laughs) And so I just prayed. I said, said, higher self, I want to be taught in my dreams. And I, I started to have dreams of, um, a figure, I, I didn't know who it was, but wearing a kind of a radiant blue uh, gown or cloak or robe, if you will. And whenever this figure would show up, uh, they, this person, whoever it was, you know, kind of androgynous, um, would teach me things. And the first things that were taught to me were um, kind of the secrets of certain scripture. Uh, I'm not, uh, um, I don't study the Bible um, it comes to me, and I just end up knowing scripture. Um, it just gets revealed to me that way. And uh, that's how it started. <laughs> so, but uh, most people experience their higher self uh, with um, coincidences, um, uh, synchronicities. Um, how did this happen? You know, I, I was just thinking about this person. Or I think a lot of people. Sometimes they're like, oh, I was just thinking about my Aunt Nancy. Oh, and there she rings me. Okay, that's, that's an effect of the higher selves talking to one another because your higher self, my higher self, they're already in communication. We already have unity consciousness through the higher selves. It's through our individual expression that we have this uh, illusion of separation. So those are some of the ways the higher self will show up. Um, other people will experience the higher self in terms of um, – um, miracles of protection. Uh, when I was 17 or 18, I was uh, in rural Brazil as an exchange student. And um, I was staying with this family, visiting them in the city. And I was staying in the guest house because uh, the way the property was, that was where they had room and they had a bunch of guests over. So I was kind of in this back area. Uh, anyway, the, the, um, maid had to put something to store there after the big party that they had. And she left the doors open. Well, they let these huge dogs loose um, on the property to protect the property. The dogs were sleeping outside of my bedroom. If I had gotten up, I would, have, I would not be here today. I would have been shredded alive. Uh, I remember waking up because I was so thirsty because she had turned on the heat or something. <laughs> it was just roasting. And I literally heard this voice say, go back to sleep. And so I just laid back down and, and the next day I just saw all the mud outside my door that they were, you know, sniffing around there. And luckily I am alive. So Hmm. certain things like that, where people find uh, miracles happen of protection is, is a way your higher self will protect you too.
0: Say more about unity consciousness.
1: Uh, unity consciousness is, um, is that we are a lot of people say, you know, we're all one, you know, and it's is true. We all come from the same source and that our souls were created as one soul. So when we talk about like the uh, old Testament or uh, Genesis and they talk about Adam, Adam is like all of the souls together as, as one unique soul. And so, um, we are still have that unity consciousness. But then when they talk about the fall, the fall was really us falling for the illusion of separation. And so that's when we started to break apart. And so our ego consciousness has this sense of being separate from the higher self or separate from other people. And it's an illusion. And our goal, the, the way to create unity, isn't to try to force it here. It's for us to actually connect to our higher self. And then we naturally, uh, feel that we can be our unique expression, but we can also be in harmony with other people. So I would say unity consciousness is really um, respecting um, that whole love your neighbor as yourself. It's, it's that there's only one of us here um, that for me to hurt myself is to hurt you. If I were to hurt you, I was to hurt myself. Uh, I would define it like that.
0: Mm. And is there a difference? Is there sort of a, so the unity consciousness could be potentially like the group higher self, (laughs) as opposed to the individual higher self? Yes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, we're at that point in the program where I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people?
1: Uh, well, we talked about two already, you know, Napoleon Hill's uh, books are are great and, and the one you just mentioned. Um, but uh, there's another author that I came across. Uh, his, his name is, I think it's uh, Neville Goddard, G O D D A R D. But I think he's published just under the name of Neville. Let's see
0: oh, okay.
1: And this is one of his awakened imagination. And, um, fascinating i just literally i think i underline every other line when i first read the first chapter but uh what was interesting is he's uh he studied under um an egyptian man the turn of the century who taught him uh to really leverage the power of his mind the power of his subconscious mind and the power of his higher mind and in understanding that we those two aspects, when they come together, they have the power to bring creativity and instantaneous results. And I think that would be the definition of what we would call a miracle, mm-hmm. is having an intention and, and having it you know, manifest almost immediately, right? And uh, so what he learned to develop was uh, the, the faculty of feeling a goal as if it is now, And that's hard because right now our attention is where we're at right now. I am not in the Bahamas. (laughs) I'm not in the Bahamas. I'm in Colorado right now. But his whole point is awakening your imagination so that you are in the Bahamas right now, even though you're, you know, I'm in Colorado. But when you can pivot like that, literally you collapse time and space and opportunities to be in the Bahamas, start manifesting quickly. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. I think Deepak <laughs> Chopra wrote something about that too. I remember a book called like the spontaneous manifestation of desire or something. And I think it was a similar concept. Yeah. So when you okay. say the turn of the century, you mean 19th to 20th century, not like 17, 8, 19 oh, yes. 18 years ago now. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, the other turn of the century,
0: exactly. So it's interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of this type of thing, like Napoleon Hill and this person you're talking about and all of these concepts kind of came to our attention or into the attention of the world back then, right at the beginning of the 20th century. And maybe the same thing happened at the beginning of the 19th century, who knows, And so it's kind of coming back around. Here we are at the beginning of the 21st century. Do you think there's any significance of that? Because it seems to come in cycles, like like people will talk about it and then it sort of fades away. What do you think is going on there? (laughs) Well, um,
1: some of those uh, mystical Judeo-Christian principles that I I study is that... uh, uh Your spiritual self, your higher self uh, and the group soul, if you will, uh, is beyond time and space, and so it's, it's our our higher selves are always trying to awaken us, trying to to bring this wisdom through for us, and uh, there's certain cycles of how that happens, and every once in a while well, not so let me go back there. Uh, our ego consciousness tries to explain the world by you know, the limits of of what we see of time and space. And so there's this dichotomy of, of beyond time and space and in time and space. And so as we're in time and space and we're evolving, there's certain cycles of windows of awakening where, okay, now the souls maybe can provide a certain infusion of understanding uh, to whoever is here. <laughs> Maybe they can understand it now if we explain it this way. And I think one of the, the most amazing things that we have going for us is because of uh, the computer internet age. Because this idea that, you know, you can have a computer and I can be talking to you. You're up in the Seattle area and I'm in Colorado and I can, uh, we're on a, a video channel as well, so I can see you as if I'm in your room. So that's exactly how the higher selves work is that technically if you can train yourself, your higher self can talk to any other higher self, whether living or dead, okay? Yeah. People couldn't get that concept, but you can with you have internet, right? This understanding of, of uh, beyond time and space or the limits of time and space. So I think now we have this this like uh, template of understanding uh, of this technology, which can easily apply then to the mind and the spirit because it's been operating like that for, since the beginning, (laughs) before time. So I think it's a matter of, of human evolution. And then uh, the ideas come around again, and maybe there's uh, a way for people to wrap their head around things in a better way. And, and even when you look at, you know, ancient scripture, when you start to have the the eyes uh, or the training that we're talking about now in this awakening, you can look at ancient scripture and literally you can feel or understand uh, uh, what they were trying to express back then, but they could only talk about in stories or symbols. And that's, that's a really fun
0: experience when we can do that. Hmm. So are you saying that my higher self could talk to Napoleon Hill's higher self? Yes. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm gonna have to work on that (laughs) yes so kelly how do you personally define success what does your authentic first class life look like
1: i would say waking up and being true to yourself the entire day i think i think it starts there And because there's been times when I've had a lot and there's been times when I have had little and I can still remember after my divorce and I was just so heartbroken and so broken just in so many ways, no job back at my parents sleeping in a little cot. (laughs) But that day I had lived true to myself and I had worked with some students and I helped them with their organic
0: chemistry (laughs)
1: And and I came home, and I just laid in my bed, and I just said, I love my life. I love my life. Because that day, I was truly authentic to who I was, where I was at at the time, and um, I was giving of myself, and I was helping someone. And um, so however that looks, whether it's a lot of beauty and resources, or if it's just a little bit, um,
0: I think that... Would be it. Mm. If people want to find out more about you and your work, maybe work with you, how can they do that?
1: Uh, you can go to kellyphillips.com. That's K E L L E p-h-i-l-l-i-p-s dot com that's my main uh, website and uh, there you can learn more about working with me one on one or other types of events or um, offerings that I have I also have another uh, website uh, of a tribe I work with a lot of people who want to keep working with me and want to keep growing and so it's com. so morelifetribe.com and uh, we do uh, certain events. We also do online courses and um, kind of live uh, webinars, and also sort of self-paced study there too. So uh, either site, you can find me. What's next for Kelly Phillips?
0: <sighs>
1: Writing <laughs> is. Um, I've been doing this professionally since 2002. Uh, I have been uh, researching. Uh, all of this since I was 15 years old and I'm going to be 55. So it's been a long uh, journey and it's time for me to distill all of the wisdom and all the research that I've done and start to put this in book form so that it's simple and easy. I think um, esoteric information can get way too (laughs) And I'm kind of a grounded person so I I really want to make it simple and and accessible to everyone as well as um, when I say simple um, not to water it down in any way but rather to make it common so that it's reachable for everyone And, and those are my goals
0: with my writings. Excellent. So we'll look forward to that. Any uh, clue when that's going to be done? I am targeting
1: first book to be released in the fall of 2019.
0: Oh, awesome! So, not too long from now.
1: I'm not sure about the title yet,
0: but all there's right. probably
1: three coming. So <laughs> it's a matter of yeah. which one goes is going to be done first. So
0: all yeah. right. Well, well, we'll talk again when you. Uh, when that okay, comes out, I'll let people silly. know about it. Kelly Phillips, speaker, <laughs> author, and coach, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with me today.
1: Thanks, Kate. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of First Class Life, Redefining Success with Kate Fessler. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit firstclasslifesolutions.com, on Twitter at Kate Fessler, and on Facebook at First Class Life Solutions. We'll catch you next time. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastNetwork.com.